You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Welcome once again, everybody. It's the Throwback League. I'm Josh Lewin. Very glad that you found us. We have another first-round matchup for you today. It's another 7 against a 10 seed, just like we had last week when, spoiler alert, the 1980 Phillies took down the 99 Atlanta Braves. Sorry if I spoiled that for you, but this time we shift out to Royal Stadium in Kansas City. I still called that then because it's 1985, and the Royals have just won a World Series. They're going to take on the 2003 New York Yankees, who lost a World Series to the upstart Florida Marlins. If you're new to the podcast, this is who we are and what we do. We take a 48-team bracket comprised of all the World Series winners from 1974 through 2006, got an at-large field of 16 more World Series losers from that time, and we simulate the games with the magic of the whatifsports.com website. Talk about a great rabbit hole time waste. There it is. I take the play-by-play generated from that sim. I go into my little home studio and voila, 45-minute podcast or so of a condensed pretend baseball game. And you can track the progress on the website, thethrowbackleague.com. So far, we are eight games in, an even split of upper seeds holding serve and lower seeds pulling upsets. We've had a 12-seed up into 5-seed, in fact. So now that you know what all this is, and now that you've subscribed and followed us on Twitter, we hope at the Throwback League LG, right at the Throwback League LG, we're ready to begin the preview of this particular matchup. Let's start with the visitors. Joe Torrey's 2003 New York Yankees. We're doing that to the sounds of 2003. And feel free to indeed party like it's your birthday. We would certainly never judge. The 03 Yankees won 101 regular season games, but not the World Series. Those Marlins got it done behind young Josh Beckett, much the way the 85 Royals won behind young Brett Saberhagen. We'll get to that later. But in 03, the Yankees made the World Series on the dramatic walk-off extra inning homer from future Yankee manager Aaron Boone. Wind you back, though, the Yankees had gotten there on the strength of some free agent signings and re-signings. Robin Ventura was brought back, Todd Zeal and Hideki Matsui were brought aboard. Ventura and Zeal would both get moved, but Matsui remained, had some huge postseason hits. And that Yankee rotation, as you might remember, was loaded. Andy Pettit was 21-8, and eight, Clemens was 17-9, and nine, Mike Mussina, who will pitch in this one, 17-8, and eight, Boomer Wells, 15-7, and seven, and behind all that, the untouchable Mariano Rivera, he had 40 saves. The Yankees' lineup was pretty stacked, too. Derek Jeter batted 324. 41 home runs from Jason Giambi. Alfonso Soriano added 38. Posada had 30, one of the best seasons of his career. Bernie Williams didn't have a great regular season, but in the postseason, he was Bernie Williams, his 19th career postseason homer, 65th career postseason RBI, the top spot all time in both those categories. Around baseball in 03, well, Clemens won his 300th game. He beat the Cardinals at Yankee Stadium. The ongoing rivalry between the Yankees and Red Sox came to a head during Game 3 of the ALCS. Both dugouts emptied twice 
due to what some felt was uh, overly aggressive pitching in the ensuing argument first instigated after Pedro Martinez struck out the Yankees DH Kareem Garcia. Or actually, uh, didn't strike him out. He hit him. Hit him in the back and was fueled by Manny Ramirez, who took offense to a high pitch thrown by Roger Clemens. Both dugouts cleared. Don Zimmer charged to Pedro, who promptly reacted by throwing the 72-year-old Zimmer down to the ground. A lot of uh, anxious moments, a few minutes of suspended play. Both teams went back to business, but then a second brawl erupted in the Yankees' bullpen. Jeff Nelson and Garcia and a member of Fenway Park's grounds crew all involved. Good times. Sammy Sosa had corked his bat that summer. More good times. Major League Baseball's marketing division was trying to restore everybody's faith in the All-Star game, make amends from that debacle in 2 that ended in a tie. So to add more meaning to the exhibition game, the uh, 2003 Midsummer Classic slogan was, This time it counts. And for the first time in professional baseball history, home field advantage in the series would be granted to, to the winner of the All-Star game. And it was uh, more than just a marketing ploy. The last team to have overcome the home field curse was the 79 Pirates. It was a long time back. But uh, even though it was a 7-6 win for the American League, home field advantage proved to be overrated because the Yankees lost to the Marlins in October, doing so in the Bronx. Pop culture in 03. Welcome to the OC, bitch. I'm sorry, was that too much? Well, that that was the line. I'm just quoting history here. Top song was Hey Ya by Outkast. The big movies were Lord of the Rings, Return of the King or something like that, right? Finding Nemo was big. Michael Jordan retired. Madonna kissed Britney Spears at the VMAs. Rush Limbaugh went into rehab for his oxycodone addiction. And New York Times reporter Jason Blair had to resign. He fabricated quotes and details in at least 36 articles, it turned out. That was fake news. Now, we can get you from the New York Times to the New York Yankees. The lineups for Joe Torre's team in this one with Mike Messina on the mound. Leading off, it'll be Raul Mondesi in left field. Nick Johnson, the DH. Jason Giambi at first. Alfonso Soriano at second. A switch hitting catcher, Jose Posada, is the fifth batter. Derek Jeter, the shortstop, hitting sixth. Hideki Matsui... Ian Wrightfield bat seventh. Robin Ventura still on the team for our purposes. He's at third, batting eighth. Bernie Williams, the switch-hitting center fielder, batting number nine. All right, let's get rid of this 0-3 backdrop. I'm going to turn your attention now to a full 18 years before that. Back to when this was on the radio. And speaking for that exact generation of teenagers, because I was one, I very humbly apologize, because this is terrible. The 1985 Kansas City Royals. And boy, so much has changed for that team in that town since 1985. There certainly was no power and light district or sprint center in 85. Dan Quisenberry, the Royal Submarine Enclosure, passed away just 13 years after 85, a victim of brain cancer, the same malady that ended the life of the Royal Skipper, Dick Hauser. And the colorful Quisenberry once said of Hauser, some of us will remember our leader who said, piss on it, let's get it done. He didn't overmanage, he let us play. Let veterans police the team and always saved that pat on the back. Yep, beloved, hard-edged guy was Dick Hauser who died way too early, just like the quiz. But they were both a big part of that World Series winning team and it all turned in game six with the Royals trailing the Cardinals 3-2 in games, trailing one nothing in the bottom of the ninth inning and it went kinda like this. George Orta singles, I put that in quotes off Todd Worrell, we'll get back to that in a sec. Steve Balboni singles to left, Jim Sundberg bunts into a fourth at third, the runners move up on a big pass ball. 
Al McCray pinch hits. He gets walked to load the bases and pinch hitter Dane Orch singles to right, drives on the tying and winning runs. Now back to that part about first base umpire Don Denkinger clearly blowing the call on Orta's infield to hit. The vociferous arguing by Worrell and Whitey Herzog. ABC had the World Series TV coverage that year, and you can only imagine what Howard Cosell would have said about all that if he were actually in the booth. But the network had replaced Cosell with Tim McCarver alongside Al Michaels and Jim Palmer because of the controversy around Cosell's just-released book, I Never Played the Game. The pregame analyst in our booth, John Miller, also never played the game, except for lots of Stratomatic. Here's his take on the 1985 Royals. In 85, everybody talks about, in, in game six, the call at first base where the, the runner was called safe by Don Denkinger, the, the veteran umpire, and he clearly blew the call. But what Cardinal fans seem to forget is that there was a subsequent pop-up in foul ground that landed by the dugout, and the first baseman uh, didn't even go over it just assumed it was going to be back in the seats. Well, that ball needs to be caught, and the whole inning would have been over. Uh, and then they, the, the, there was a, a, a wild pitch. There was an error. The other things happened, uh, and the pitcher couldn't seem to get anybody out. And even Earl Weaver weighed in on it when I asked him about it uh, after the fact. He said, uh, if that happened to you, then the only thing you'd be talking about is that the guy got it wrong, and if he'd gotten it right, the inning would have been over. And so everything else is irrelevant after that. But uh, uh, for me, certainly that was huge, but they had plenty of other chances to not let it get away. Now the 85 Royals, the first club in the 82-year history of the Fall Classic to lose their first two games at home and come back to win the title. Dick Hauser, we mentioned, led this team that had been largely reconstructed. They said goodbye to a lot of veteran pitchers a couple of years before that. Vita Blue, one of them. Hello, Brett Saberhagen. Hello, Mark Gubaza, etc. And the uh, Quisenberry thing cannot be undersold. Not only was he a great reliever, but he had a, a great mind, had a very quick wit. Class clown of 85. When the Royals visited the White House after that World Series, President Ronald Reagan apologized to Quisenberry for having called him Jim Quisenberry in the congratulatory phone call in the clubhouse, and Quisenberry replied, that's okay, Don. Love Quisenberry, miss Quisenberry. The GM, John Sherholz, made a couple of key trades for 85, Balboni and pitcher Roger Erickson from the Yankees for uh, Mike Armstrong and Dwayne Dewey, a catcher. May of 85 was Lonnie Smith coming in from the Cardinals for John Morris. And because they played on artificial turf, got to talk about how the 85 Royals were a team built on base running and bunting and taking that extra base. Willie Wilson set the uh, Royals single season record at 21 triples and set the overall tone. They had Lonnie Smith, as we mentioned, Frank White at second, the Hall of Fame third baseman George Brett. He was the only Royals All-Star that summer, believe it or not, even though Saberhagen would eventually win the Cy Young Award. In the playoffs, <laughs> playoffs, uh, they, they wouldn't appear again in the playoffs for 29 more years after this. They had uh, won the ALCS for just the second time, the World Series for the first time. And both of those things, ALCS and World Series for the 85 Royals, they were won in seven games after the Royals had lost the first two games at home and the first three of four overall. And before that, it had been a grind just to make the playoffs. The Royals taking on the A's the final three games of the year. Their competition, the Angels, went to Texas. And on the uh, Friday of that weekend, the Royals beat the A's 4-2. to 
Angels were shut out 6-0 by Dave Schmidt in Arlington. That gave the Royals a two-game lead with two games to go, and they would secure everything the next day. The Royals coming from behind to win 5-4 in 10 innings. Elsewhere in baseball in 85, August 4th at Yankee Stadium, Tom Seaver won his 300th, did that as a member of the Chicago White Sox. About a month after that, Pete Rose got to 4,192 hits. He broke Ty Cobb's all-time major league record. Eric Chow took a seat on the mound. Then uh, on October 6th, he had a 300th win from Phil Necro, the oldest pitcher to record a shutout as a member of the Yankees, 46 years old. Mattingly of the Yankees was MVP, Willie McGee of the Cardinals in the National League. We mentioned Saberhagen won the Cy Young in the AL. It was Doc Gooden in the NL. Rookie of the year, Vince Coleman in the NL, Ozzie Guillen for the White Sox over in the American League. Pop culture, got to give you that before we get going here. Well, new Coke came out. Live Aid concerts were held. We all started digging Calvin and Hobbes in the comics section of the newspaper, if you remember newspapers. The NES was introduced, the Nintendo Entertainment System. And Michael Jordan was the NBA Rookie of the Year in 85. So, with that as a backdrop, let's meet and greet the home team now, the 91-win World Series champion, Kansas City Royals. And Willie Wilson will lead off. He's in center. Lonnie Smith in left. Brett in third. Steve Balboni at first. Hal McRae, the DH. Frank White at second. Daryl Motley is in right field. Not Buddy Bianca Lana. We've got Onyx Concepcion at short in this one. Jim Sundberg, the veteran catcher, batting number nine. Danny Jackson finishing his warm-up throws. He'll be on the bump here for the Royals, a native Texan. Pretty much just beginning his 15-year Major League career. It'll be Royals, Reds, Cubs, Pirates, Phillies, Cardinals, and Padres. Here in 85, Jackson made one of the most important starts in Royals history. He was in that ALCS. Blue Jays were up three games to one. Jackson, a complete game shutout to keep the Royals alive. And two weeks later in the World Series, Again, he took the ball with the Royals trailing 3-1 to one in a game five and again got the big win, this time over the Cardinals. In that seventh inning of that game, an immaculate inning, only one ever in World Series play. Got the three-pitch strikeouts of Pendleton, Nieto, and Harper. 1.04 postseason ERA with the Royals, the lowest in team history. Mentioned he went on to the Reds. He tied for the National League lead in wins in 1988, but that season went unnoticed because of Oral Hershiser in L.A. Overall, Jackson in three World Series for three different franchises, 85 Royals and 90 Reds and 93 Phillies. Good slider, heck of a competitor, and the lefty ready to face Raul Mondesi, whose son will eventually play for these Royals right here at what will become Kauffman Stadium. Mondesi, a 258 hitter this year, 16 home runs, 49 runs batted in. 32 years old, now right-hand batter, taking it as ball one up too high. And we'll set that defense for you while we can. It's Smith in left, Wilson in center, Motley in right. The gold glover, George Brett at third. Concepcion, not Davey, but Onyx at short. Frank White at second, Balboni at first. Jim Sunberg is behind the plate. 1-0 pitch is outside. It's 2-0. Here at Royal Stadium with its glistening artificial turf under the lights, it is a great park for inside the park home runs, we should point out. Deep fences, fast turf. Here in the 80s, the Royals will average one inside the parker every month. And in fact, in 1980 itself, when they went to the World Series against Philly, they had five different players hitting inside the parkers for him in a stretch of 13 weeks. 
Here's a 2-0 pitch. Short ground ball towards third. George Brett plays the third. Hop lines the throw across. Diamond in time. Balboni on the bag. One away. No score. Just getting going. Here's a 24-year-old lefty DH. Nick Johnson. 284 hitter. 14 home runs. Having a tough time staying healthy. And he takes the slider in the dirt. 1-0. Pretty comfortable evening here in Kansas City. It's been one of those unusual weeks in between hot enough for you and cold enough for you. So no one really has much to say. Pitch is high, 2-0. And although the Royals have that logo that includes the crown, that nickname actually chosen for their expansion season of 69 is a tip of the hat to Kansas City's annual American Royal Livestock and Horse Show. True fact. Pitch wanders outside. Three balls, no strikes. And Johnson, known for his patience and discipline at the plate, will have a career on base percentage of 399. Former Expos prospect. And the nephew of Larry Boa, too, we should point out, as he takes here on the dirt ball four. Well, Jackson can be wild sometimes. And in fact, six of seven so far tonight have been pitches out of the strike zone. So it's one on, one out. Here's the big, strong lefty, Jason Giambi. Left-hand batter walked 129 times this year, mitigated by 140 strikeouts that led the league. 41 homers. These Royals have never had a 40-home run hitter. Won't until the year 2019. There's a strike port in the Giambi, nothing in one. Giambi, the AL MVP in the year 2000 with the A's, five-time All-Star. Originally from L.A., second-round pick out of Long Beach State. Here's the 0-1 delivery. Twisted foul back out of play, first base side. Foul ball caught by a fan in acid-washed jeans and an Ocean Pacific shirt. And his buddy in the untucked shirt and skinny pink tie gives him a high five. One on, one out. And the 0-2 to Giambi. Swing and a miss. Strike three. Good power fastball up near the chest of Giambi, who just couldn't help himself. Two down now. And it brings up Alfonso Soriano, a very free swinger. 27-year-old right-hand hitter. 290 batting average, 38 home runs, and 35 steals as well. Mondesi, a pretty safe leadoff first. Soriano takes the called strike. Nothing in one. And Jackson seems to be settling down now. Soriano will soon get traded to the Rangers after this 03 season. And the Rangers will get Soriano to the Nationals after 05. Then it's on to the Cubs and back to the Yankees. There's a swing of foul ball right at home plate, nothing in two. Seven time All Star Soriano. Eventually, we'll get into a very exclusive club, that 40-homer, 40-steal club, for the guy who broke in originally as a Dominican player in Japan for the Hiroshima Corp. Rock on the rubber, here's the pitch. Swing and a miss, strike three. Slider polishing off Soriano, and the inning is over. No runs, no hits, one man left. Bottom of the first coming up, the 85 Royals will be at the plate, and here is one of our sponsors from 1985. I'm home. Bad news at the dentist. Our teeth aren't getting clean enough. So mom got us the Reach Toothbrush. 
A toothbrush makes a difference? Clinical studies show Reach cleans 51% better than other leading brushes. Reach is angle to reach every tooth. And only Reach has reaching bristles to get between teeth and along gums. It cleans 51% better. And it's recognized by the American Dental Association. Hope you got me, Reach. Reach from Johnson & Johnson cleans 51% better. As much as we enjoyed that, let's get you something current here in 2020. Suggesting to you strongly you try out our good friends at Coffee Bean and Tea Leaf, the most perfectly blended coffee wherever you are on either coast. And they've got some locations in between the coasts too, but certainly if you're in L.A., you know all about the Coffee Bean and Tea Leaf. Since 1963, the Coffee Bean and Tea Leaf has been bringing you the finest coffees and teas from around the world. Responsibly sourced ingredients, handcrafted coffees and teas, the Coffee Bean and Tea Leaf, is an experience like no other. Now available for a limited time, try their new horchata cold brew coffee and world famous ice blended. Thanks again to our good friends at Coffee Bean and Tea Leaf. To the bottom of the first, no score. Royal set to bat now against 17 and 8 Mike Mussina, the longtime Oriole right hander, will end up pitching eight years as a Yankee after those 10 years in Baltimore. Originally a first round pick out of Stanford. Very bright guy, sometimes a little bit aloof. But a great knuckle curve, that's his calling card. First pitcher ever to win 250 games without winning 20 in a season. That's pretty much his lot in life, Mr. Almost. Never thrown a no-hitter, never won a Cy Young, never won 20 in a season, never won a World Series. But he has been ridiculously close in every one of those pursuits. He once had a perfect game spoiled with two outs in the ninth inning in 2001 by Carl Everett. This is a guy that the Yankees went full board to get as a free agent. Only holdup on his contract with the Yankees, could he still play basketball during the offseason? There was a compromise reached. He can do it from December 10th through December 31st, and that's it. And only on his own sport court at his home in Montoursville, Pennsylvania. Here's Willie Wilson stepping in, 278 batter, four home runs, 43 runs batted in, 43 steals too. One of many speed demons ready to rock and roll for manager Dick Hauser. Lonnie Smith on deck with 40 steals, but for now the Montgomery, Alabama native Wilson, who's in the middle of a 15-year stay here in KC, he'll end up with 668 stolen bases, 12th all-time in the big leagues. Takes a strike from Yusina, nothing in one. It was after the end of the 83 season, Wilson found himself in the hot water, the drug scandal. Willie Aikens, Vita Blue, Jerry Martin. Wilson moving on now from his suspension that he served last year. Takes outside from Yusina, one and one. Twenty-one triples for Wilson this year to lead the majors. He can tack on a couple inside the park home runs here, too. That's a lot of zipping around the bases. Future A, future J, but for now the engine that drives his Kansas City team. Here's a one-one pitch. Quite on, it's a fly ball out towards center. Not too deep. Bernie Williams settling under it. Makes a one-hand catch, and there's the first out here in the bottom of the first inning. Still no score. Lonnie Smith to the plate, 257 batter, six home runs. Former Cardinal has been a very nice addition here across state. Takes a knuckle curve in the dirt, 1-0. Mircina working with Posada as his battery mate. Round the horn, third to first, Ventura, Jeter, Soriano, and Giambi. Left to right in the outfield, Mondesi, Bernie Williams, and Matsui. 
Next pitch rolls right in there for a strike. It's one and one. Royals in those bright white uniforms with the royal blue trim. The script across the front, those bright blue caps. Yankees in the navy blue caps with the interlocking N and Y. And the road graves. Pitch on the way, it's fouled up the first baseline, one and two. Mike Nacina will show you maybe five different pitches during the course of a game, including two different knuckle curves. Got a fastball, got the regular curve, got a change. His old catcher in Baltimore, Chris Hoyle, said it's like channel surfing on TV, catching this guy. You just keep flipping through all the options until you settle on something you can both agree on. 1-2 on the way to Lonnie Smith. A swing and a miss, strike three. Big bending knuckle curveball. Two down. And here is George Brett, 32 years old now. Led the American League in slugging percentage here in 85. 30 home runs, 112 runs batted in. Second in the MVP balloting this year behind Don Mattingly. And he takes low. It's ball one. Boy, it's tough to see Brett bat against the Yankees and not recall the famous pine tar game. That occurred a couple years ago, a couple years before 85. The Royals at Yankee Stadium, top of the ninth, two out. Brett, the go-ahead two-run homer off Goose Gossage. But Billy Martin citing the umpires, or citing to the umpires, the rule that any foreign substance on a bat can't extend any further than 18 inches from the knob. As the pitch comes in, it's low two and O. Oh. Umpires measured that uh, amount of pine tar. Tim McClelland with the out call. Brett lost his mind. Hilarity ensued. Here's a 2-0. Ground ball towards second base. Soriano gliding to his right. He's got it. Throws to Giambi. That'll do it. And the side retired. At the end of one, there is no score. Danny Jackson back on the mound when we come back. His former rotation mate, Mark Gubazak, Weighing in with us, talking about what made Danny Jackson such a wonderful teammate. Yeah, when you look at Danny Jackson, what he did, you know, not only the whole season, but in that World Series, his numbers were incredible, and they were relatively tight, tough games. And he was, I say this often, probably the most competitive human being I've ever been around. And, you know, being around George Brett or, or Bo Jackson, you know, guys like that were incredibly tough competitors. But Danny Jackson, we used to joke around and even call him Jason from Friday the 13th. Because when he went out there to the pitch, all of a sudden he was he was that tough, vicious. You can use any adjective you wanted to. There was uh, there was nobody in the batter's box was ever comfortable against Danny. And his slider, I mean, Danny, you know, you had Guidry and you had Carlton with uh, you know their nasty sliders, but Danny's was every bit as as good. And he and he liked to throw it. Everything was down in the strike zone. Didn't give up many many home runs. He could be wild. Like you mentioned, but uh, just like I said, so fierce of a competitor. But he kept the ball in the ballpark, so he could walk one or two or three guys. But he can get a strikeout, but he get a ground ball double play. And with our defense, you know, especially when you have Frank White at second base, I think he was a seven or eight time Gold Glove winner. You were going to get a double play turned. Well, Gooby himself didn't have a bad year in '85. By the way, at the age of 22, he had 14 wins on his way to as many as 20 a few years later. Part of a fine rotation here in 85, a kind of checkerboarded youth with experience. You had Gubazaz, Saber, Hagen, and Jackson, offset by veterans like Charlie Liebrandt and Bud Black. And about those 85 Royals in general, let's go back one more time to Mark Gubazaz. 
Yeah, I mean, and that, you know, that whole that whole team and everything else was incredible. When you think about what we did, you know, even getting to the postseason, we only beat the the Angels, I think, by one game that year. I think we were like ninety-one and seventy-one, and they were ninety and seventy-two. And we had to beat them seven of eight games in the month of September just to win our division. And then then when you add in the fact we fell behind three to one to Toronto and had to win the last two games in Toronto with their team and then fall behind 3-1 to one against the Cardinals itself and then come back and win that series as well. And nobody had ever done that before, but to do it twice and to come back like we did. And and I, I still often, when you look at our team, you know, we're talking about talent-wise. I mean, we were a really good team, but talent-wise there was probably a lot better overall talents than, uh, than our team was that won a World Series before. But we did have great pitching. We had incredible defense, good speed. We had George Brett. That was huge. Frank White, I think he hit number four for us, as I recall, that year. And Under most circumstances, Frank would be hitting six or seven, but he hit number four for us in the lineup. And, you know, we lost the use of Hal McRae in a number of those games. Our normal D8, same thing with, you know, George Orta, too. So we were limited that. Buddy Bianclana had a great series, which, you know, when you look over what he did during the regular season, it wasn't as much, but he was – it's pretty clutch in, in the postseason, but we had like everything go, you know, well at one point, but everything went wrong at certain points too, especially falling behind three games to one in back-to-back series like we did. All right, cool. Many thanks to Mark Gubazar, now one of the great broadcast voices of the Angels out of L.A. Top of the second, and due to time constraints, we're going to start to condense the action a little bit, tell you what happened. The Yankees actually struck for a couple in the second inning off Danny Jackson. Posada singled to right center. Jeter bumped him along with a single to right. Matsui struck out, but then Ventura walked to load him up. Bernie Williams drew a bases loaded walk. That knocked in a run. Mondesi then, a fly ball to right deep enough to get the run home to make it a 2-0 ball game to the bottom of the second inning. The Royals would come right back, though, with one out. Hal McCray jerked one out of the park. DHing in this one. That cut it to 2-1. to one. It was a one-out home run. Frank White would pop out. Motley had a double to right center. Onyx Concepcion slapped one in the left. Motley came around to score. 2-2 game, although it ended right there because Concepcion was caught stealing second base. To the fourth inning is where we'll go. And a 2-2 ball game. Bernie Williams leading it off for the Yankees batting ninth. Williams a switch hitter, 34 years old now. Just a 263 hitter this year. 15 home runs. Already an RBI tonight. He takes high from Danny Jackson, 1-0. Williams, a five-time All-Star, four-time Gold Glover. And yeah, 263, really a down year for him, considering he hit 339 and 342 back-to-back seasons not too long ago. Here's the pitch. Swung on, chopped to second. Frank White is there. Plays that second hop, throws to first in plenty of time, one away. So the top of the order now, Mondesi 0 for 1 with the sack fly. The man they call the Buffalo. Former Dodger and Blue Jay, blessed with a fabulous throwing arm. National League Rookie of the Year in 94 and a clean sweep. All 28 first place votes for Mondesi, who's swinging here, and he lost it into center field, taking off, that gets down, and skips all the way to the wall. Raul Mondesi into second base. He's got a double that went over the head of Willie Wilson. Now, Wilson's got great closing speed, but with a lunge, he could not 
stop that ball from getting off the warning track. One on, one out now. And here is Nick Johnson, who walked in the first, flied out in the second. And here in the fourth inning, action in the bullpen already. Mike Jones, the big righty from Rochester, New York, has grabbed a ball. Here's the pitch to Johnson. It's high, 1-0. and out. Johnson will be on the move after this season. The Yankees will take him, along with Juan Rivera and Randy Choate, move him to Montreal for Javier Vasquez. Of course, Montreal will be on the move themselves pretty soon. Pitches outside, it's 2-0. 2-2 game at Royal Stadium, a jewel of a ballpark that shares its parking lot with Arrowhead Stadium, home of the Kansas City Chiefs. The fountains out in center field on at full blast in this the city of fountains, Kansas City Mo. Pitch here is low, three balls, no strikes. Now the main stadium itself, primarily concrete, with a smooth, uncovered concrete facade, and the stands wrap around the infield end at the foul poles. There are smaller bleacher sections or outfield plazas as the Royals call them. Here's the pitch. It is low for ball four. Now Danny Jackson's control has been suspect really throughout this game. Two on, one out. Big chance for Jason Giambi who's 0 for 2. Hulking left-hand batter wears 25 on his back. Led the league in three things this year. Strikeouts, walks, and hit by pitches. 21 times was hit by a pitch this year. And he does crowd that plate a little bit. Danny Jackson's ready, lefty to lefty. Sunberg hangs the sign. Here it comes. Swing, base hit, right field. Motley throws all the way through. Here comes Mondesi. He's to the plate. He scores, standing up. Nick Johnson stops at second after a big turn. 3-2 Yankees in the top of the fourth. Now, Giambi, who struck out way back in the first inning, he wasn't wasting any time here. Picked out the first fastball he saw, pegs it in a right, and the speedy Mondesi comes on in to make it 3-2 for the 0-3 Yankees. Soriano stepping in, nothing for two. Boy, what a huge bat Soriano uses. 35-ouncer. And it's not like he's 6'4", 235, but this is one of the biggest bats this side of Julio Franco. Pitch taken low in the dirt, 1-0. Soriano's teammate, Roger Clemens, calls him Senor Peligroso, Mr. Dangerous. <laughs> you go back to his first year in New York, he batted ninth. He had 18 home runs, 73 runs batted in. Here's a 1-0 pitch. High fly ball towards left, not deep. Lonnie Smith in, one, two, three steps, he's there. Makes the catch, two down. Well, I mentioned Soriano, a bit of a free swinger, and even though Danny Jackson has been in and out with the control, he goes after one early in the count, two down, and here is Posada, the catcher one of two so far in this one. He scored a run in that two-run top of the second, 281 batter, 30 home runs this year, 101 runs batted in. Switch hitter batting right, two on, two out. Here's the wind and the pitch. Ground ball towards short on its Concepcion, ranging to his right, he's got it. Throws all the way across to first in time. And that retires the side. It helped that there was a catcher running. One run, two hits, two left. And after three and a half in Kansas City, it's now the 0-3 Yankees three, 
the 85 Royals two. All right, doing the move ahead to further action thing now in the sixth inning, Mike Jones in the pitch. Bernie Williams flied out, no big deal, but then Mondesi a ground rule double would come in on a Nick Johnson base hit to center field. The Yankees extending their lead to four to two. The Royals, though, against Mussina would get to work in the bottom of that same sixth inning. Brett was hit by a pitch to lead off. Balboni lofted one to right, and Matsui maybe lost it in the lights, but it clanked off his glove as he went towards the line. They scored it an E9, two on for Hal McRae, who bumped a single in a right. In came Brett to make it four to three. And after Frank White struck out, Daryl Motley beat out a fielder's choice. Close play at first base, but no Don Denkinger jokes here. It was a, it was a safe call. Nobody seemed to complain about it. That tied the game 4-4. Motley was then caught stealing to end the inning. So 4-4 to the seventh inning, and the Yankees would find a way to go back on top. They would do so with Joe Beckwith on the mound, Posada a single, Jeter a single, Matsui a walk to load him up, Robin Ventura hitting into a forced play, a run coming in to make it a 5-4 game, but the Royals would squeeze out of it Beyond that, no more damage done. Just 5-4 Yankees at the stretch. Bottom of the seventh inning, Onyx Concepcion leads off with a slap single to right. Jim Sunberg strikes out. But Willie Wilson, leadoff man, draws a walk. And that would bring up Lonnie Smith, 5-4. Yankees ahead at this point. Here is Lonnie Smith, 0 for 3 in this one. 257 hitter against a, a laboring Mike Messina now guy they call Moose. And he has pitched his antlers off in various postseasons against two teams that were maybe the best hitting teams in baseball in 98, Cleveland and Seattle. Mucina, 11 hits allowed in 29 innings. 41 strikeouts at a 1.2 ERA. Working out of that deep bend drinking bird stretch. Straightens up now and fires down too low. Knuckle curve from Yusina. It's 1 0. Yusina, the pride of Montoursville, Pennsylvania, just 10 miles from where they play the Little League World Series. Pitches outside here to Smith, 2 0. Mike Yusina was offered a football scholarship to Penn State as a kicker. This after booting a 60 yarder in a Nittany Lion football camp. Throws here, and this is outside 3-0. Rest of that Yankee rotation so strong. David Wells at 40 years old, 17-8. Pettit, the other lefty, 21-8. Two righties rounded out. The Rocket Man, Roger Clemens, 17-9 at the age of 40. Number five man is Jeff Lieber. Bet you forgot that. <laughs> Here's the next one. It is low, ball four. So indeed, Mike Mussina... Well, he's, he's starting to, to show some signs of wear and tear here. Chris Hammond ready in the Yankee bullpen. Ooh, but Mussina meets Joe Torre's glance from the dugout. And Mussina defiantly saying, I got this. We have seen that one before. Mike Mussina will be given one more batter. Joe Torre kind of jumping back like, all right, all right, I trust you. But it's the perennial MVP candidate, George Brett. And what a showdown right now. This game... At least for the moment, five to four, Yankees on top.
This inning started with the Onyx Concepcion single. Willie Wilson drawing a walk. And now that Smith has walked, it is bases loaded, just one out. And it is going to be Mussina against Brett. George Brett, the only player ever to win batting titles in three different decades. First ballot Hall of Famer. Southern California native eventually will get a bridge named after him here in Kansas City. Mussina with the bases loaded. Here it comes. That's a strike on the outside corner. Nothing in one. In this 85 season, George Brett has had big hits. Had a couple of home runs off Doyle Alexander, game three of the ALCS. Played some great defense in that game, too. Next delivery, that's low, one and one. Outfield pretty much straight up here. Infield, a double play depth. George Brett, if he does bang into a double play, it stays in favor of the Yankees here. One ball, one strike. And the pitch to Brett. Fastball line drive, right field base hit. Here comes Concepcion. Montesi with that great arm and right. He fires for the speedy Willie Wilson coming around. He's there. He has scored with a throw up the line. Up the line and not in time. Willie Wilson's run has pinballed Kansas City on top. They're now ahead 6-5. to five. The great George Brett comes through in the clutch. And that's going to do it for Mike Mussina. All right, one more move ahead for you. Top of the eighth, Yankees fail to score. Now to the bottom of the eighth. Still 6-5, to five, Kansas City. They're sniffing around for the kill shot. Frank White, a leadoff single against Chris Hammond. A walk achieved by Daryl Motley. Pitching change, Antonio Osuna comes on. And he will face the number eight batter, the shortstop, Onyx Concepcion. Concepcion getting the start over Bianca Lana, who actually was quite the unlikely postseason hero in 85. He hit it right around 200 in the regular season, kicked it up a notch in October. Takes a strike here from Osuna, nothing in one. Concepcion actually scored the game tying run in the bottom of the ninth inning of that World Series Game 6 on a single by Dane Orge. Also drove in Jim Sunberg to win the game, of course. Sunberg now on deck. Two on base here. 6-5 Royals bottom of the eighth. And the pitch. Swung on fly ball shallow left field. In fact, infield fly rule in effect. Jeter back to the outfield by just a few steps. Makes a safe two-hand catch for a big first out of the inning. And now Osuna will face the veteran catcher, Jim Sunberg. 34 years old this year. Their other catcher, John Wappen, is 35. Sunberg, a 245 batter, 10 homers this season, always known first for his defense. A panel of experts in this year, 2003, for the Yankees. They were asked by the Sporting News. Remember the Sporting News? Who was the toughest catcher to run on? Only two players received more votes than Jim Sunberg. It was Johnny Bench and Pudge Rodriguez. Billy North's comment, he said, Sunberg, put the ball between your foot and the base every single time. Pitch to him is low, it's 1-0. To the second most famous native of Galesburg, Illinois, number one is George Reeves, TV's original Superman. Sunberg, originally a Texas Ranger, he was going to be traded to L.A. in 83 for Oral Hirschheiser and Dave Stewart. 
What a trade that would have been. But the Dodgers tried to stick it to Sunberg when they redid his contract. So Sunberg invoked his no trade clause, said no dice. Now he's ended up here in Kansas City. Here's the 1-1. Swing and a high fly ball right field that's bending away towards the line. Dropping. Fair ball. Rattling around in the corner. Here comes one run. Here comes two runs in now. A double to right for Sunberg to make it 8-5. to five. Jim Sunberg coming through. Frank White and Daryl Motley both in the score. 8-5 to five ball game now. And we'll go ahead and fast forward and let you know that Quisenberry did nail down the save in the top of the ninth. So there it is, 8-5 to five the final. The 85 Royals do indeed move on. A 7-seed holding serve against a 10-seed. They'll advance to the second round where a 2-seed is waiting for them down the road. That'll be the 1977 New York Yankees. As for next week, boy, we're up to game 10 already of our 48-game tournament. We've got the battle for Ohio. Yeah, not Ohio 2, regular Ohio. The 11 seed, the 95 Cleveland Indians, will go down to Riverfront Stadium. They'll oppose the 6 seed, the 1990 Cincinnati Reds. So again, the final in this one, we have the 85 Kansas City Royals, 8, the 03 Yankees, 5. This is Josh Lewin. Thanks again for listening. Please do subscribe, leave us a nice review, tell your friends. Make sure you follow us on Twitter, at the Throwback LG, the website that has all the box scores for you, too. That's thethrowbackleague.com. Talk to you next time. Thanks again. Bye-bye.